0: You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit mikenopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Some of you have heard me before uh, talk about and reference one of my teachers, um, a rabbi named Erwin Kula. Um, who is uh, 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 the president of a, a really great organization, basically a Jewish think tank called CLAL, um, which is an acronym for the Center for uh, Learning and Leadership. Um, and, uh, and and one of the programs that KLAL does is called Rabbis Without Borders, which is a rabbinic fellowship um, of which I'm a part. Um, and uh, Rabbi Kula... Uh, Likes to talk about Judaism as a technology, right? And all of the commandments, all of the practices, all of the rituals, all of the wisdom of Judaism are technologies, are tools to get a job done. All right. So, what the challenge she says for modern Judaism um, is that we have all of the tools but we've lost track of or forgotten or ignored uh, or uh, um, discounted the job that they are supposed to be getting done. And so we focus on the tools without ever thinking about what's the job that they're trying to get done, what's the technology used for, right? So it's like like worshiping an iPad without ever turning it on and, uh, and, and watching Netflix, right? Um, so that's what, that's one of the challenges he says of contemporary Judaism. So, um, I I say all that as an introduction, but the question I want to ask you is from your point of view, from your standpoint, from your learning, from our time together, from your experience, um, out in the world, if you were to answer the question, what's the job that we hire Judaism to get done in our lives, in our world, what would you say that is? What's the job that Judaism gets done or, or ought to be getting done? Repair the world. Can you say a little bit more about what that means? Can you unpack that?
1: Uh, I guess on an individual
2: basis being kinder and more forgiving of people and uh, helping people who are poor or ill and uh, lost. To, To receive life from the Creator use it either in acts or in just
1: emitting out what is received in and sending it back out to others. That's one of the, and, and it can, the sending out can be either a physical or, or a, a mental and
2: emotional thing.
0: Good, okay. So we have a couple of different, we have, uh, um, uh. In some ways, very external oriented, right? Uh, being more forgiving and compassionate, um, and loving and caring, uh, and kind to other people. Um, a, a sense of uh, um, uh, the, the uh, Judaism is supposed to help us uh, sort of connect to uh, um, uh, uh, something greater than ourselves, and uh, and and through that uh, that connection, be able to uh, put that life back out into the world. Yeah. I think of it in a personal way of
1: helping me be more and more connected to my past, to my roots, to my traditions, etc. And having community uh, there to educate, to support, to socialize, to celebrate, whatever.
0: So the job Judaism gets done is to connect... Uh, you or us uh, to our past, to our heritage, to our traditions, to our ancestors, and in the uh, and in the present to uh, to help us connect to and form uh, community with others. I, I always thought that uh, to the ability to argue directly with God to argue to directly media, argue with
2: him like. At Sodom and and, uh, and so on gave me independence. I didn't have to uh, uh, concern myself with my friends. Uh, I was looking around
0: a Catholic church, uh, what they were going through uh, each week. I, I was completely independent and uh, gave me a different view of what Judaism was. Others? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a roadmap on how to live. You know, what, what's right, what's wrong. Um, sometimes, you know, we're faced with certain dilemmas. You know, the, the automatic human or my personal response is, like, not so healthy. And then you go and say, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. That isn't exactly the appropriate way to react. So a b c and usually it has for me it has
0: Jewish roots mm. so in some ways it functions kind of like like the superego right or the conscience right it uh, it's the it's the yeah. it, it triggers uh, a, a, a sense of like you know self healthy self judgment right that uh, um, you know maybe i oughtn't have acted that way or, <laughs> or, or maybe I, should... I
1: shouldn't act that way right yeah right <laughs>
0: um, uh, and uh, and and in a in a more positive or proactive sense, uh, gives me, you know, uh, on the outset, guidance for, for how to walk and how to, how, how to move in
1: the world. Yeah,
2: for me, it's to give more meaning to life, uh, why we're here, what it's all about, particularly when we uh, talk about Shabbat, holidays, festivals, and this type of thing. So I think it gives an added dimension to our existence. gives us a vision and a history that's bigger than just individuals, pulls us together as a community, but also that we have a purpose to create something holy that's not just man-made or man's ideas of morality, but something bigger than what we could conceive, and that it shapes us to be part of that creating, because we don't come perfect out of the box, and so we need to be shaped and, and, and change and grow but not just for ourselves so that we're better people, but so that we
0: have a bigger vision together and we become a better community and can fulfill something bigger for those around us, for the world around us. So it gives us a a, a bigger vision uh, than than our own limited perspective, connects us to uh, uh, the transcendent and uh, and, and, uh, larger collective, um, enables us to connect to, uh, to a community that's bigger than ourselves, oh, great. Joyce,
1: did
2: you have here? Your... I, I was
1: going to say, um, it encompasses everything, art, literature, civilization. Judaism is an amalgamation of a lot of wonderful things.
0: So what's, so what's the job it gets done?
2: What is the job?
0: Yeah, what, what, what's, like, so it's an amalgamation of all these things, so what what do we use it for? What's the what's the objective?
1: Well, we learn from each other. We help each other. We redeem each other. We're there for one another. I I'm afraid I don't know the word you're searching for. Help me out here. No, no, no. Those are great. <laughs> those are those are, those, those
0: are great. Those uh, <laughs> those are all really great. Um, the reason I ask the question is because what we're what we're talking about. Today is um, the the question of uh, of of how we uh, bring up our children in uh, in, in Judaism, right? And I think that it's fair to sort of uh, to ask the question for what purpose, right? So you know the Torah says you know very famously, and we say it uh, uh, twice daily in the in the Shema, "Veshinantam uh, levanecha," right? You should teach the words of the Torah to your children. Right, and that's fine. That's all well and good. If you have a uh, you know a um, uh, a, 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 a prior commitment to um, to the Torah's authority, the imperative to teach them to your children is uh, a, a, a perfectly reasonable one right? But if you don't necessarily, if it takes you, you know, a little bit of convincing to say, okay, teach to my children, there's lots of things I could teach to my children, so why would I teach my children that? Then it begs the question, okay, so what's the objective, right? Why would I teach my children that? What am I trying to, what what am I trying to do? What am I trying to produce? What am I trying to lead my children toward in their life? And then it, invites the question of okay so then what is the objective of judaism right if i'm going to raise my kids with judaism what is that going to do for their life how is that going to make them better people how's that going to make them better kids how's that going to make them better grown-ups right that's the that's the whole kit and caboodle and and, i mean i've been thinking about this a lot because you know we uh um are are uh in in a in a process of visioning for the congregation and uh Um, And by extension, uh, uh, visioning for the religious school, um, which is, you know, part of the life of uh, most uh, congregations. Um, And uh, um, there was a period of time where the shinantam levanecha, you should teach them to your children, um, was... Uh, sort of just taken at face value, right? What do you teach you, you 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 teach them, you know, what are the laws of the Torah and how to say the prayers and whatever, right? And, and, uh, no sort of bigger picture, uh, question of, um, what do I want that to, uh, to, to bring to their lives, right? And we're in an, uh, a period of Jewish history where I think the, the primary question is because, uh, because we, we live in an era of lots of personal choice. Um, and uh, and and need for meaning and relevance. Um, and so the question is, the flip question, which is, I could teach kids lots of laws and lots of prayers, but what does that do for their lives? Right? What does that give them? How does that help them be better people? And so to flip the question on its head, say, okay, what is the kind of person we want to create through Jewish education? What's the purpose of it? What's the job it's trying to get done? And so, taking sort of the collective of all your answers, those are really beautiful answers. And I think exactly on point to what the objective is. What's the mission? What's the purpose of Judaism? And what's the job it's trying to get done? Connection to the transcendent, uh, moral instruction, um, development of conscience... Um, uh, uh, expansion of vision, uh, the the ability to um, to to hold uh, holy and respectful arguments with each other and with God, um, right? These are the these are the deep core of the tradition, right? The, the the commandments in a way are the window dressing or the the method of getting to that deep core, right? But the deep core sometimes gets lost in the transmission. And so what we're trying to get is the totality of the person that we hope is created through Torah. And all of those elements, all of those values that uh, so many of you just shared right now, I think are exactly on point. Judaism is trying to, in the words of Maimonides, all of Judaism aims at two things, just two things. The perfection of the body and the perfection of the spirit. Perfection of the body and perfection of the spirit, and what he meant by perfection of the body was two things. Obviously, the um, uh, the cultivation of, uh, of physical health, um, and uh, you know it's uh, it's it's sort of uh, um, you know lost in uh, um, our fast food era, even among kosher eaters. Uh, but um, um, but when when the Torah says "ubacharta b'chaim," you should choose life. Right? Um, that, uh, encompasses, uh, the responsibility to, to care for our bodies and, and, uh, and, and live, um, in as healthy ways as we possibly can. And so when Maimonides said that all of Judaism aims at two things, one is the perfection of the body, he meant it literally. He meant that, uh, that, that God wants us and that the Torah, um, uh, urges us To uh, to 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 care for our physical selves, but he also meant perfection of the body in a in another sense. He meant the perfection of the body politic, right? The perfection of communities, perfection of societies. Right, So all of Judaism, he says, when, it, when he says, aims at the perfection of the body and perfection of the spirit, he also meant by perfection of the body that we are supposed to fashion nurturing, supportive, and caring communities. That we are supposed to create societies where uh, people relate to each other with uh, compassion um, and, uh, um, and where there's uh, justice and, uh, and, and equality. Um, the just allocation of, uh, of, of resources where no one is uh, uh, left hungry um, and uncared for. Right? This is the kind of society that the Torah um, uh, um, uh, uh, um, urges us to build. Right? The perfection of the body, the perfection of the spirit. Um, what, he, what Maimonides meant by spirit, again, I think are two things. Um, one is the mind, the perfection of ideas. Right, so um, uh, the cultivation of the intellect, right—that—that—that uh, that, that, um, you know, so many people uh, walk through the world in um, in in ignorance, right? Without uh, without without critical analysis, without um, without uh, care and concern for uh, the world around them, or um, interest in, um, in in deep truths. Um, and my says, one of the things that Judaism, um, urges us to, um, in, in much the way that, uh, that, that you were saying, um, is, um, to, uh, to, to argue and prod, right, and, uh, and to study and to learn and to grow and develop, to nurture our intellect, um, which doesn't only mean. To uh, to uh, to learn more about Judaism, although it means part partially that, but it means the investigation um, into uh, the deepest the deepest truths of existence. Right, Maimonides after all was in addition to being a rabbi a scientist and a doctor, right, and so uh, and a philosopher. Right? And so my, what Maimonides meant by the perfection of the of the spirit um, is that uh, is that we should. Um, uh, we should be engaged in the refining of, uh, our understanding of, uh, of, of, the world around us. And in addition, what he meant by the perfection of the spirit is the, uh, the cultivation of our spiritual selves, right? The development of our connection with, uh, with, with God. Um, or if, if you prefer, the transcendent element of all reality. Um, uh, a, a connection with, uh, with, a, um, a, uh, um, uh, that in our cosmos which is bigger than ourselves right um and uh and to to nurture um an awareness of and a relationship with that um with that transcendent reality um that's what my mom, meant by perfection of the body and perfection of the spirit so um so we say you know what's what is judaism trying to do what's the job it's trying to get done i always refer back to uh uh, uh, that, that teaching from uh, Maimonides, which is found in the third chapter of the Guide of the Perplexed. Um, uh, and so I went. Uh, so so therefore, we say, OK, so what does it mean to raise a mensch? What does it mean to uh, to to bring uh, our children uh, up through Judaism. What's the job that educating our kids and raising them in a Jewish home and providing them with Jewish experiences and nurturing their love and relationship with Judaism to what end? I think Maimonides said it best, right, to help them perfect the body and perfect the soul, to better themselves, to better their society, to sharpen their understanding and to deepen their connection with the transcendent. And so if you think about that as the ultimate goals, you start to see why the early parts and rituals of the Jewish life cycle are structured the way they are. So let's walk back through the beginnings of of the Jewish life cycle. So we talked about weddings and love last week. And we talk about the beginning of the life cycle this week. All right, so the when uh, um, uh, the first uh, part of, uh, of, uh, of of the Jewish life cycle—I mean, it's a cycle, so it's not really a first part—but let's call it the first part when, when someone born, um, is born—is uh, when a uh, boy is born. On the eighth day of uh, that, uh, that, that boy's uh, being alive is what's known as a Brit Milah, a Brit Milah. Um, Brit Milah, sometimes known as a bris because uh, uh, the Hebrew word Brit, which means covenant, um, in uh, uh, the Ashkenazi pronunciation of it, right, from uh, European Jews, is a bris, a bris Milah, instead of a Brit Milah. Um, the Sparty pronunciation of the T, the Tav, in, uh, in, in Ashkenazi circles was usually a soft S. So sometimes we'll hear it be called a bris, sometimes you will hear it be called a, a Brit milah. I never really hear a lot of people calling it a Brit. Um, just, you know, one of those things. Although, if you are ever in New York, and, uh, and you, like, you know, uh, are at... A Britney Law and uh, you leave the uh, you know reception hall very dirty. You might get a call from someone saying, "Hey, you got to come and clean up debris from Debris. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, just you know, don't. Eat, anyway, uh, what, what are the differences between if you're a levy and or a and
1: uh, in, in thebris? Who's a pit in a bar? It's not that's that's coming up. Hold on to that.
0: Separate thing. Separate thing. Separate thing. Um a, a bris is for everybody, every Jewish boy, and uh, the same for every Jewish boy, whether Kohan, Levi, Yisrael. Um, and it happens on the eighth day of birth. Why why the eighth day? Sabbath. So You
1: get Sabbath at least once. Right.
0: So you did. you always and so why is that important? Well, say <laughs> okay, so you, so so that's that's definitely a practical truth. Now maybe there's a so that's the data. Now let's analyze the data, right? So let's so that's one piece of data. So you have, you you for sure have if you wait uh, eight days, uh, it's on the eighth day. So you so let's say you're born Monday, the boy's born Monday during the day, the bris would be the, the following Monday. That's the eighth day. So but you get a Sabbath in between, no matter what, right? It's always. <coughs> There's always a Sabbath in between, or the bris itself actually can technically be on the Sabbath, even though uh, it involves uh, a, a Sabbath prohibition. You can't, uh, um, you know, uh, cut skin on on the Sabbath. Uh, but a bris is uh, there's a hierarchy of commandments uh, in Judaism. Sabbath is is one of the highest, uh, but the bris, but a but a brit milah is even higher than the Sabbath. So uh, now nowadays it's more or less common practice, especially in America, even in Orthodox circles, not to do a bris on Shabbat just because um, of some of the logistics involved, and so you usually wait until the day after. Um, and it's okay to wait till the day after if there are um, compelling reasons to. But technically, it's um, uh, supposed to be done on the eighth day. So you, so you, uh, so you always have a Shabbat uh, in between. So why, why would that be important? Yeah, Franklin. Yeah.
2: Something has to do with seven
0: days uh, for life. Oh, I'm sure that the baby is healthy. Good. Okay. All right. So now we have a sort of pragmatic reason, right? Um, uh, so um, uh, maybe eight days is uh, um, uh, is uh, enough time, um, especially in a in a world before modern mes- medicine, to um, ensure the viability of uh, of the of of the newborn. Um, Now, okay, so if that's true, then why not do the bris on, you know, 30 days? Yeah, Yeah, so what?
1: It
0: hurts more. On 30 days, it hurts more. Good, I think that, so, I mean... I'm asking this sort of, you know, uh, you're you're all you're all kind of like staring at me. But the uh, um, the, the reason for that is that there's no reason, you know, like many uh, commandments in the Jewish tradition, there's no reason given for it in the Torah. Right, God commands Abraham to do it. Uh, God commands Abraham to do it when Abraham is uh, uh, ninety-nine years old, um, which you know that takes guts, and he does it himself to himself. Um, but uh, uh, but then says that it should happen to uh, to every uh, Jewish boy uh, um, when they when they uh, on on their eighth day. But doesn't give a reason other than that it's an inscript, that it's a, a sign of the covenant, right? But why why how is that a sign of the covenant? You know, uh, why that specific sign of the covenant, right? Why we need a sign of the covenant, right? All of those are open questions that are not answered by the text. So I'm sort of asking, um, well, it depends on how you look at it, either an impossible question or a question that there's no wrong answer to, right? Because uh, it could be really anything that you want. Now, if you ask me, if you put my, like, rationalist hat on... um, uh, I would say that uh, uh, you know once you get past the rational question of you know why circumcise boys at all, um, if you just take that for a moment on its uh, at face value and say okay if we're going to be circumcising boys um, we should do it when they're old enough that uh, that a that they're they're you know, uh, 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 you know we we're, we're fairly certain they're going to survive um, and b. That um, that uh, a, a fairly serious procedure won't uh, uh, th- threaten their life in any way, right, um, on the one hand. But on the other hand, uh, that they're not so old yet that, that it will really be a painful procedure for them right? So I think that that's part of the reason for, you know, why a pretty short window of time um, after the baby's born, eight days, you know, the um, first few days are, you know, uh, very touch and go, right? Uh, but once you get uh, past a certain uh, certain amount of weeks, um, they start to become, you know, much more human-like and, uh, um, and so uh, uh, potentially uh, able to feel more pain. So I think that that's a a very plausible, pragmatic explanation for why eight days. I um, like Josh's, uh, and there's a lot of uh, commentaries that uh, suggest um, that eight days specifically, um, in order to enable the child to experience one Shabbat uh, before the bris, because the Shabbat gives um, uh, so much spiritual strength that it's almost like an additional amount of physical strength. Right, so that, uh, that that Shabbat itself provides, you know, sort of like a divine protection uh, for, uh, for for the baby, right? An extra um, spiritual uh, uh, booster shot, um, if, if, if as it were. Um, any other thoughts about why eight days?
1: Time to prepare? <laughs> Not a lot.
0: Um, no, but you yeah. know, and, and the
1: mother feels a little better. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, so again, right? There's no there's no explanation given. I mean, I think that uh, um, uh, the you know the, the Jewish tradition has a lot of uh, like prime numbers, right? Um, uh, symbolically, symbolically significant numbers um and uh, one of which is uh, 7 of course right uh, 7 appears all over the the bible and throughout jewish tradition um and 8 is uh is is significant um in, because of its relationship to 7 right so if 7 is perfection um, which is, you know, the seven days of the completion of the world, right? That there's, there's something whole and complete. Um, there's something divine about the number seven. Um, eight is like one on top of that, right? So it's like, um, uh, um, like we say in the Kaddish, La'ela, La'ela, right? Um, above and beyond, right? So it's like higher than perfect, um, is the significance of, of eight, which is why, um, uh, the uh, um, the dedication of the tabernacle, the portable sanctuary that the Israelites had in the wilderness, was dedicated um, how many days after it was constructed? Eight days, right? On its eighth day it was consecrated, which is, not coincidentally, why a certain Jewish holiday... Uh, um, uh, everywhere it's celebrated in the world lasts uh, eight days. What holiday? Chanukah. 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 Sukkot is it's interesting, right? al- su- Sukkot is uh, uh, su- so Sukkot is a good one. Sukkot is a seven-day holiday according to the Bible, uh, but the Bible says you have an additional holiday at the end of Sukkot, which is Shmini Atzeret. Sukkot. Um, there is a debate in the uh, in the Talmud about what Sukkot commemorates. One of the things that Sukkot commemorates is, uh, uh, according to the rabbis of the Talmud uh is the the fact that the israelites had the tabernacle the mishkan with them in the wilderness right and so if it's a holiday that celebrates the 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 sanctuary right because we build these portable sanctuaries right that it makes sense right we we uh dedicate the sanctuary on the eighth day and sukkot is a 7 day holiday plus one extra day which is the day of you know sort of consecration of that uh sanctuary space right so we have a lot of these 7 plus ones because the plus one is um the the sort of uh, um uh, uh holy day on top of the perfect completion of of the first 7 Holy days. Passover is not, but it is in a way because uh, starting the 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 um, the second day of Passover, we count, don't we? What do we count? The Omer.
2: The Omer. And uh, how many? What's that? day of Omer is so.
0: No, but you're you're the something. So, how many days of the Omer are there total? Forty-nine. Forty-nine. Forty-nine, uh, which is which is how many weeks? Seven weeks, right? So it's seven times seven is forty-nine. But the Omer itself is not the point. What's the point of the Omer? What are we counting toward? Shavuot. Shavuot. The day after the complete cycle of seven times seven is that last day. So again, it's not 8 specifically, but it's one more on top of this unit of completion. It's the
2: beginning of a cycle, in a sense, right? It's the start of the next cycle.
0: Right, right. right. So you you complete a
2: cycle, and then you begin the new cycle. So in a sense, it's symbolic of the beginning of a new
0: life. New beginning. Wow, perfect. Beautiful. Um, So, um, okay, so there's now all right. So then we have an additional question, right? Which is the one I sort of glossed over, which is, you know, why circumcision? That may be a harder one. So what do you think? Why, why do we, why do we circumcise uh, uh, baby boys? For
1: is Clen- for
0: I, I didn't say it wasn't. I, <laughs> I didn't, it looked like you had something else to say.
1: I thought that was part and parcel of the procedure. Yeah. You got that
0: part. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I think that there's uh, uh, certainly um, an element of that, um, uh, and um, uh, you know, the the, the science um, uh, that we know now um, uh, seems to weigh pretty heavily on the reality that um, uh, it is. Uh, uh, far more uh far easier to spread uh say sexually transmitted infections um uh when the male is uncircumcised um uh than when the male is uh, circumcised so um there is a cleanliness element to uh to, to circumcision um that's pretty amazing um uh that was uh, that, that that could have been anticipated um in the ancient world um now there there is uh, some amount of debate today about you know whether the um, whether the whether there are, you know the, the the benefits to circumcision um, from that perspective are are so strong as to you know uh, warrant recommending it to all children, uh, but at the very least um, the the medical consensus is that uh, that it it, it, it certainly. Uh, um, doesn't mean it shouldn't be advocated, right? Or it should be discouraged. there's sort of a split opinion about whether it should be encouraged or not, but not necessarily that it should be discouraged. Um, so there's a, there, there may be a cleanliness aspect to it. What else?
2: Unmistakable way to mark yourself as Jewish back then. Ah. Just, uh, begins, I guess.
0: Good. Okay. So let me actually just follow up on one thing about what Joyce said. So think back to what Maimonides said about Judaism. Uh, being about both perfection of the body and perfection of the spirit, right? Um, uh, uh, we've just, in, in just these brief discussions we've had, uh, pointed to two aspects of how, um, uh, circumcision might fall into both of those categories, right? Um, perfection of the spirit and its relationship with, with, uh, Shabbat and spiritual wholeness and, 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 and all that. And perfection of the body, and it's not that your body is created imperfect, but uh, that it's possible to, uh, to to perform a procedure at a time where, you know, frankly, it, it doesn't really uh, uh, impact the life of the uh, child that much. It's not harmful, um, and and it might actually be uh, helpful. Um, and then, uh, um, uh, Josh, I'm sorry, say your comment one more time.
2: Oh, I guess back then it was a way to mark yourself different than the pagans
0: around you. Yeah, mark, so that's an interesting thing, right? So, uh, so the circumcision is supposed to be a, a sign of the covenant, right? Uh, between God and the Jewish people, and in a world um, in which uh, um, no one else was uh, circumcising uh, themselves, it certainly was a uh, very clear indicator of you know, who was in and who was out of the, of, of the Jewish community. Um, so a sign of the covenant is not only a sign between a human being and God, but also a sort of a communal marker.
2: Well, the is themselves.
1: Right,
0: but the Muslim, but Islam did wasn't founded until the uh, until the eighth century uh, CE, right? And the Abraham is uh, is eighteen hundred BCE. So we're talking uh, two and a half millennia before before Islam.
2: They picked up that sign. They did,
0: yeah, yeah, um, and uh, the the uh, 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 the the early Muslim community um, uh, grew up around um, uh, um, practicing Jewish communities. Um, early Muslim li- writers talked about um, the elements of their practice that uh, they um, incorporated from uh, from the Jewish communities that they that they lived around. Um, and, uh, and 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 um, frankly, idealized uh, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, the, the monotheistic uh, impulse of uh, Islam is in large part due to um, uh, Muhammad's relationship with uh, the Jewish tribes that lived uh, um, uh, around Mecca. Um, so it, it's May uh, I ask
1: Rabbi Nov, is there any significance to the fact that um, some? Uh, Orthodox people bury the um, horse skin in the backyard for some reason they bury the skin
0: um,
1: um, and what significance is it?
0: Yeah, you? I mean I never really, I never actually uh, heard of people doing that uh, but, um, you know, there's um, there's uh, the It it seems to me like um, I don't know how how unkind do I want to be. Um, Well,
1: if it's too delicate a situation, no, I
0: just it is very delicate. It is very very delicate, but I more um, um,
1: uh, I've actually witnessed it. Um, I think that
0: I think it's well-meaning. I think that uh, there's you know a sense that you know um, things that you know. it the it has a role. The foreskin, obviously, even though you're you're discarding it, it's what you're getting rid of. Has a role in a sacred rite, right? And there's an impulse to not throw away things that are involved in in sacred rituals, right? So we don't throw away Torah scrolls, we don't throw away names of God, we don't throw away, right? Um, so uh, so I think that the impulse comes from that, but it's not necessary. Yeah,
1: but yeah. it's not. Planned. When you bury books of Judea... It, it's, it's not,
0: although I think that, uh, that people do it because they think it's the same thing. right? <laughs>
1: there, but there are, there are artifacts, like tear collectors and fingernail collectors, and if you have an amputation, the, the limb can, is buried in a cemetery. So the foreskin is really just another one of those things that you know when, when Mashiach comes, we'll all be pulled together, um, and every, every part of our body will be brought back together.
0: Are you, are you speaking, like, from speculation, or...
1: No, I mean, people bury, people... No, they, I
0: understand that people bury, uh, like, amputated limbs. Yeah, and
1: the foreskin is just something else that was cut off the body, like an amputated limb. Yeah, people but... People collected their I'm, tears, kept, collected I'm not, their fingernail I'm, pairings.
0: I'm, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not sure that it's the same thing. Right, uh, because uh, the, the foreskin is something that uh, you um, uh, deliberately, by virtue of commandment, get rid of. And I don't remember reading any tradition that that uh, in the messianic era when we uh, we all rise from the dead um, that we're going to be reunited with all of our lost body parts, including our foreskins. I don't think so. Uh, that seems strange to me. I've never seen that written anywhere. But you know. I learn new things every day. Yeah.
2: How come the emphasis is all on the male side? I mean, <laughs> <have to> because <laughs> women. A woman gives birth. She goes through nine months of it. You know. I mean, you have a baby named Girl, but it's not the same kind of
0: sermon. What are you advocating?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, better, you better be careful. <laughs> no,
0: um, so so saying, no, Frank. I mean
2: but not about
0: the girls. You can look at the tradition um, uh, cynically or optimistically. Um, so if I'm a cynic, I look at the practice of Brit Me law, um, and you know, and and you know, sort of uh, uh, see the emphasis on the you know male child. It's the father's commandment, so it's a, it's a um, something that is directly connected to father and son, and not mother and son. Um, and say that you know, see this is an indication of the uh, of, of the of the sexism of our ancient ancestors um, and their um, emphasis on males and masculinity. And, you know, there's not... That wouldn't necessarily be an untrue statement. In fairness, um, it's not as if any other ancient people were any better uh, in their uh, relationship to uh, 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 women. Um, And most likely, uh, from the evidence that we have, um, the Torah was pretty revolutionary in, um, in its gender equality. Um, in in the time in which it was written, um, but you know, from from with, with with like my 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 with my uh, moder- with my feminism and my cynical eyes, I, I look at the Torah and say, okay, you know, like they you know they 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 cared mainly about men. Um, from um, if I if I look at the if I look at the tradition generously. Um, there's a few things that emerge. The first is, you know, um, I'm not sure what a great benefit it is to, uh, to men and to boys to have to undergo, uh, you know, the mutilation of their genitalia when they're, when they're eight days old. Um, I don't. I, mean, I don't. I don't use the term mutilation because I actually think it's mutilation. I'm just sort of trying to make a point, right? Um, and uh, and so you know, I could see the tradition as like being very generous to women. Uh, because like we make baby boys have to go through this and fathers have to witness it. Um, because you know, fathers know what, what, you know, have to like imagine themselves in that, in that circumstance. And I, I could tell you cause I was there, um, not too long ago. Uh, you know, it's like not, a, it's not like a, it's, it's in some ways harder for the mother, but, uh, but, it, but it's like, you know, pretty gruesome for the fathers too. Um, so, uh, so, you know, in some ways I think it's like not such a great thing to make boys have to go through. So it's like not, not, uh, uh. Uh, and, and on top of it, um, you know, there are plenty of cultures out there that practice uh, female genital mutilation, right? And so the tradition could have very easily said, um, "Boys have to have the covenant inscribed in their flesh," and so do girls, um, and it didn't. Not probably for lack of knowledge that such things happened uh, uh, even in the ancient world, right? So. Um, uh, so, you know, if I'm, if I'm uh, thinking generously about the tradition, um, I would sort of applaud them for their, um, for their uh, ethical uh, uh, insight uh, that this is not something that you do to girls. Um, and to say that the you know, male-centeredness, uh, that there's no ritual prescribed for, for baby girls, um, is uh, sort of byproduct, not intention. Um, Debbie is skeptical about that.
1: You know what, it, that's the way it is. The girl child was not as, as valuable in all those cultures, yeah, right. so so why make an excuse for it? <laughs>
0: you, you may be right. You may be right.
1: I mean, if you look back through history, why make an excuse? Let's just change it. I'm not you What do you, you want to change? What do you want to change? Oh, no, no. I mean, <laughs> no, when we, when we had... When, our, our first, when all our daughters were born, we had a Simchat right. Which, at that time... You know, Miriam's now 34. It was heretical. revolution. My mother-in-law thought it was disgusting that we should make a ceremony for our child it beyond an aliyah. That was unusual. No, she thought it was horrible. <laughs> 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 um... Aren't you glad yeah.
0: things have changed? Yeah, and, and now. Made, yeah, and yeah. now you know it's fine. So we're just making up for it. I mean, there, you don't have to be an apologist. Uh, well, you, I think that there's, I think that there's a, a line between being an apologist. Whoa, um, I think there's a, it's like sexism alert. Um, <laughs> <you're> <laughs> there's a, there's, I want there, that one.
1: There, I think that there's,
0: I think that there's a difference between uh, being an apologist, um, which I strive not to be. Um, and, uh, um, and when one has the option of being able to sort of, uh, um, see, you know, uh, um, see one's ancestors, uh, as favorably as one can, unless there's a compelling reason not to. Um, so, uh, um, you know, so I, I certainly don't discount the, uh, the, uh, the, the society in which Judaism emerged and the very clear chauvinism that's present in much ancient Judaism. Um, I'm not positive that this is an example. Um, uh, Or if this is an example, it was um, uh, uh, um, designed with the intention of, of... uh, of, of saying, you know, boys rule and girls
2: drool. Oh, I agree yeah. with you. I mean, yeah.
1: that's why you just say that's the way it was, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah. Eric? Because I, I mean, you know, then there's the story of what Pharaoh did, I mean, which was to basically say you're going to throw your boys into the river. Right. So it was it wasn't the girls; it was the boys that were thrown into the river. Fr- that is the enemy's instruction, and it was the women. I mean, you know, in terms right. of the midwives, who right. actually countered. Right. In order to save these boys, who otherwise would have been, you know, killed, you know, by the enemy. Right,
0: um, and uh, uh, it also, you know, um, uh, uh, so th- I think that there, there are plenty of uh, I think incredible examples in the in the tradition of uh, of, of you know, frankly, it's you know very. Uh, radical, um, uh, attitude about, uh, about, about women, um, at, at its time. Although that, I think that story, um, you know, sort of, uh, is, means to show the, the, like, depth of Pharaoh's ignorance, um, uh, because, um, uh, if he really wanted to get rid of the Jews, he should have killed all the baby girls, um, uh, because, uh, um, all you need is one male in a population of females to repopulate the community. But now anybody who's uh, you know, ever like, lived on a farm would know that, right? You only need to have one bull, but you get as many... Don't you don't know. have
2: the bull. All you have to have is an inseminator.
0: Right, right. All you need is a turkey baster. Right. Yeah. Um, Back in the days of feral? I don't think so. Right. Um, uh, <clears throat> you know, Speaking of which, I think that it shouldn't be uh, lost to us um, that... Um, that the, uh, the 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 sign for the um, covenant between God and, and the Jewish people is um, is uh, is made is made on any part of the body. It's made on the reproductive organ, um, and I think that uh, you know uh, you know it, again you know um, you can look at this cynically or not, uh, but I think that uh, um, it uh, um, it's it does a couple of things. I mean, first it, um, um uh, uh, indicates the, uh, the transmission of, um, of, of covenantal relationship is, uh, is, uh, familial and national, right? So, um, we're, we're not a, uh, community of faith, um, in, in, uh, in, in a certain sense. Um, we're, a, a, a we're a nation of uh, yeah, Gary.
2: Yeah, I am gonna say. I mean, going back to what is Judaism's goal, in a sense, one of its goals is to uh, is to permit the transcendence of time mm. through you know through progeny through um, what's that called? I'm missing the word. Word. But you know the idea that ancestors You transmit. You transmit, yeah. you transmit right. from one generation to the next. Right. Uh, Fecundity—that's the word I was looking for. What good word? You're for us. Fecundity is like how you reproduce yourself right. in 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 you yeah, yeah. know in other individuals who will then take over for you. Um.
0: Okay. So, uh, any other any other thoughts or questions about the the concept of uh, of Brit Mila? Can you explain some of these other yeah yeah I'm going to so I want to uh, see if we if we need to spend any more time on, on this um, so um, uh, uh, so the um, so the Britney law the person who performs the Britmi law even though it's the father's responsibility um, uh, uh, usually the person who uh, performs it on behalf of the father is known as a mohel um, uh Sometimes in, in like Ashkenazi pronunciation pronunciation oil. pronounces oil. the moil, um, which you know leads to one of the best lines from Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, some of you uh, are probably old enough to uh, remember eating gribenes. Oh yes, right? uh, And uh, uh, which anybody want to explain to those who haven't had it what gribenes is? Yeah. Fried chicken
1: soup. When, you render, the when fat, you render the fat, what's left over is the gribenes, and it's true. delicious yeah <laughs> so, uh,
0: so the line not healthy for so the line the crackberry it's cracklins exactly it's it's kosher cracklins um, so the line of mrs. Doubtfire is never by grubiness from a boil it's so chewy uh, yeah anyway um, you got to catch it it's very quick it's very, um, Robin Williams all of a an honorary Jew um, so he's not Jewish but he's not he's an honorary Jew he's a uh, he, he said, he said of himself that he's not a um, uh And he was a good friend to the Jewish people. He um, Yeah. Um, and never has there been a non-Jewish comic who was as Jewish in his comedy as Robin Williams. He's very Jewish in his comedy. Um, anyway that's that's a whole other class okay um but uh so anyway a moil a mohel um is a person specially trained uh, to perform a brit milah it comes from the brit milah means covenant through circumcision right the word milah means circumcision so a mohel hebrew's a root language so the uh um uh uh, uh the the uh, yeah the the hebrew root for uh, milah is mem lamid, um, and so a mohel is a person who performs milah, right? Same uh, same root. Um, uh, okay, and so and in the uh, ceremony itself, the ceremony itself, of brit milah um, uh, often has uh, uh, several participants and several uh, um, uh, like a cast of characters. Again, you know uh, the the ritual and the the act of performing it. Um, is uh, meant to sort of uh, uh, communicate these, these values, right, that like each stage in the life cycle, I think, is trying to communicate to both the parents and the child in its way um, uh, what's the objective here, right? And so um, one of, uh, I think, uh, as we talked about with the actual, the, the concept and the right of Britney uh, of, of Law itself, um, of uh, connection to uh, ancestors and, and progeny, but also... Um, uh, the, um, extended network of relationships we have with, uh, with, with, uh, with, with others in the Jewish community, um, others in our Jewish family, um, both near and far. Um, and so the, uh, the baby is usually, uh, held during the circumcision, uh, by uh, someone called a sandik, um, uh don't ask me where the word sandic comes from it's not an original Hebrew word um, uh, but uh, uh, but sandic is uh, 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 it's 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 uh, it's the closest thing uh, that uh, Judaism has to a, to a Godfather um, uh, you know so that's that's sort of like the Relationship, but it's the person who holds the baby during the Bri'ilah. The, the it's usually given to a close family member or uh, a, 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 you know, someone of, of high honor and esteem in the, in the family. Um, a related custom is to have a, a, a kvater, kvaterin. Um, a, 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 Kvater is the male, Kvaterin is the, is the female, uh, people who, uh, uh, bring the, uh, baby, uh, to the Brit Milah, uh, or it could be in a Simchat Bat too, um, uh, uh, it's, just, it's from, Kvater is from the German word, uh, uh, meaning godparent. So, uh, so, uh, that, that there's a relationship there too. There's a lot of people who are called in to honor children in that way. But often the Kvater, Kvaterin are, um, uh, right, So the, the Sandek is usually somebody who it has, it has a large role in the life of the parents is a, uh, you know, a uh, you know, grandparents or an uncle or something like that, um, the Kvatsa and are often um, either siblings or uh, friends of the parents of the child who are um, either unmarried or don't yet have children um, as a sort of act of uh, prayer for them uh, that they are able to, um, to, to reach that special occasion as well. Um, we'll get to the in a second, although you could have a kvatr, or uh, or even a Sandik in some way of the
1: Sinclair thought, even though obviously you're not doing certain such